two. Rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach, we are back at Zahn's mm. Brewing here in Nashville, Tennessee. And today we have our second guest of the year, Sam Fister. Hello. How are you doing, Sam? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. So we have had the pleasure, Andy and I, of seeing you do your strongman thing live. Yep. That was fun. Uh, but honestly, apart from a couple coffees and seeing you go nuts behind a gym, we are as blank slates as our audience is. So give us a little bit of the background of who you are and what maybe space you are filling in the local training scene. All right. So very good question. Um, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Very insightful. Uh, so I moved here in December of 2020 from Washington, D.C. Uh, I lived in D.C. for uh, over a decade. I worked in politics for almost a full decade, like nine and a half years. Uh, so interned on Capitol Hill, worked on Capitol Hill, uh, worked at a think tank, traveled the country, did all that kind of stuff. Now, Wor I've seen House of Cards. Uh-huh. How, how close are we to reality there? Uh, it, it gets a little too far in House of Cards, but it's not okay. too far. Like the, the okay. themes and the- That's the, what I was the, hoping the you'd overall say. Struggles, <laughs> overall struggles are the same. It, it's bad though. I mean, like, I'm glad I've met a lot of great people on both sides of the aisle working there that really believe in what they're doing. Um, and I'm glad those people are there, but it's just not for me. Um, I, I sure. went, I tried. And I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was like, it was like pushing a boulder up the hill and you wake up every morning. It's like either at the bottom or further down the hill somehow. And you have to start all over. Yeah. And yeah. an errant statement or whatever can just undo years of work from like one misstatement. You know what I mean? Even just like to oppress person. Sure. For whatever. Sure. Well, for um, that matter, I'm, I mean, Andy and I, we tow that line every week here on the podcast. It's like one wacky thing is going to come out of one of our mouths and yep. this whole thing is going to go up in flames. I was about to say, wacky things come out of our mouths all the time and so far we haven't been canceled. So I think, <laughs> I think we're doing okay. Our, our tens of listeners are okay with our shenanigans so far. So far. Well, see if I don't push that boundary a little bit right, today. Right. Yeah. So the, the DC lifestyle, yeah, I've, I've heard that same sentiment from the few people I know who have lived and worked mm -hmm. around town. But um, so you decided that that uh, was not going to be your lifestyle or your life uh, trajectory long term. Yeah, to really advance to get to positions where you have where you can make impact, like, like true impact. There, you have to one thousand percent commit. That's like putting off family, or if you have a family and a marriage, it's like from, I've seen very few healthy ones. So oh, like sure. the overall like. Uh, the amount of work you have to put in in order to get to those points is just, it was something I wasn't willing to do. Um, but I was into fitness and it was kind of like fitness was my outlet the entire time I was there. I was really big into CrossFit and uh, was, the gyms were too expensive for me to work at or to, to work out at. Um, when I first started working on Capitol Hill, I was making 29,000 a year. And we got in DC, in DC, nuts, in DC, we got paid once a month and so rent, 
cell phone, like all that kind of stuff went out and then I had like $400 for the rest of the month. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. $400. Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, okay. So $275 or whatever it was for a CrossFit membership wasn't going to happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first like bonus check I got, um, I paid for my level one cert and then I got like a barbell, a few bumper plates and a rower. I think that was like kind of my way of like, okay, I'm not going to join a gym. I'm just going to work out in my apartment. And I, I sure. put an oldie platform in my bedroom, mounted a pull-up bar, had a box jump. Like it was, shit, dude, that's cool as fuck. It was awesome. It was in a, like, I was on the, like, the ninth floor of a high-rise. <laughs> I'm sure your neighbors loved you. Oh, yeah. I was very, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the down part had got built up big traps. You know, I just yeah, caught yeah, everything and held oh, on to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that's yeah. cool, actually. I like that. Yeah. It was, it was I mean, yeah, living in D.C. gave me a different perspective on life in general it was very challenging for me coming from i'm originally from central illinois you drive everywhere you if you walk somewhere it's because you have a dui <laughs> you know and like or you can't afford a car or something like that so um in dc you walk everywhere you take public transportation you have to like if you want to go to the gym you either have to go before work go home shower then go back to work or take all of your stuff with you to work carrying it like carrying an entire gym bag in the dc summer when it's like 90 degrees you're already wearing a suit it's just like oh man it was it was not for me i mean it was i i made do but sure decided sure. it was against against all all odds it was not for me um but so after i worked at the think tank i worked for a governor most governors have somebody in dc kind of handling their business uh that was fun uh an interesting job but he lost his reelect in 2018 and at that point in my life, I was, I just didn't look for another job in politics. And I took, I was listening to, um, power athlete, mm -hmm. uh, their podcast. And they had Ryan Horn on from Wake Forest. He's a Wake Forest strength conditioning guy. Um, and, okay. and yeah. his message on the podcast was like, if you want to be a strength conditioning coach, you just got to burn your, burn your boats, you know, like oh, you sure. land, burn the boats and just get after it. Um, so I, I emailed him. I was like, yo, I really appreciate your message. I'm trying to get into strength and conditioning. If you know anybody in the D.C. area, I'd love some connections. And he was like, well, my first boss I ever had uh, in strength and conditioning just took the job at George Washington. Oh, wow. Reach out. Here's his email. Reach out to him. Tell him I sent you. So I reached out to him. I met with him. Uh, and he gave me an internship. So I was wow. a 32-year-old intern coaching these, like, 18- and 19-year-old athletes and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. And, and, but, and up until that point, I had mainly a CrossFit background with a little bit of, like, uh, whatever John Wellborn brings to the table yeah, as far as, like, yeah. power athlete goes. Now, did you have an athletic background as a kid? Yeah, oh, yeah. Played everything. Right. Like, grew up. That's, uh, that's what I assumed and what I thought I, I remembered. So, yeah. So did, how much of your sports background informed you getting and staying into fitness did you have like a good strength and conditioning coach yourself at high school or or in any other way as is sometimes the case you fall in love with the training as much as the sport was yeah. there any of that kind of dynamic as you were growing up let's just put it this way i blew i blew my back out my sophomore year and couldn't play football my junior year because of how bad the coaching was okay so or the opposite. Or the opposite. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So I had to overcome a lot. Like I had a herniated disc. Like I was 15 years old, like 14 Dang. years old, herniated disc. Oh, like I, I, I didn't start 
as a sophomore on varsity, but I like dressed, which was kind of a big deal for a sophomore. Sure, yeah. You know, so it's like then to not play my junior year and then come back my senior year, I just felt like I was a little behind. And the rehab back then was horrible. Like the physical therapy was stupid. Like I probably could have fixed me back then in like a week and a half. And like the physical therapy, they like I was I went for like three months and just didn't feel any change. Like I had like the shooting pain down my leg, Ugh. like all that stuff. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was not not ideal. Do you? Uh, we'll get back on track. Do you still yeah. have any like issues with back stuff now, or no? It's all mental. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like deadlifts, I love deadlifts, and they really but they really freak me out whenever I start to get heavy. It's like, am I gonna am I gonna pop my back out again? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. So. All right, we might touch back on that, but. I like so there's a lot of similarities with our like our career paths trajectories or whatever but you're our guest so you played sports in high school training was terrible yeah. how did when you you know as you left high school left I guess <coughs> did you play sports in college no okay so no sports in college so beer pong does that count I count it bags yeah. bags I mean uh, cornhole oh yeah right. okay. I, I play yeah. cornhole yeah 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 I call it bags. Yeah, I like Midwest. We call it bags. I like it. I like bags better than cornhole. I'm I'm gonna adopt that. I'm gonna co-opt that. Good for the South. I'm gonna keep with cornhole because I know. Thank you. you. To be fair, I've always kind of identified more with the Midwest than I have with the South. So where are you from? Virginia. Uh, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Southern Southern Virginia, but my mom's from Ohio. Oh yeah. 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 Uh huh. So Mm -hmm. if you did family vacations in Ohio, you definitely. Saw some, probably, some probably of the best the in the Midwest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Definitely, definitely <laughs> played some bags. Yeah. Oh, dude, my mom is killer at bags. <laughs> like, she's almost never lost. And I've seen her play most people I know. That's, so, that's yeah. pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Good for her. So now, so now that's, it's all starting to kind of make sense. But, yeah. All right. So, so, so high school athlete, then beer pong athlete. How did you find your way? Uh, I'm guessing fitness was always in the background at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. So just lifted recreationally? Yeah, lifted recreationally in college. Basically just wanted to be jacked and tan and, you know, whatever. Who doesn't want to be? Living that life in college, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I graduated in 2008 from college with a political science degree. And honestly, like going to D.C. didn't really cross my mind. Um, and I worked in my hometown at like the peak of the recession depression era back then uh, at a gold's gym and at that time it was the start of like the CrossFit like kind of getting out of the message boards and into gyms and stuff sure so I saw dudes in there like just crushing pull-ups and doing cleans and stuff that kind of reminded me of the stuff that I enjoyed from like high school football training so I hopped into that and that's how I got really big into CrossFit okay yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Now, so fast forward a few years later, you're coaching now. Yeah. Um, I guess walk us through sort of your, your philosophy. Like, uh, you know, we, we have a little bit of history about, like, you know, what you used to do, how you, like, what, how you trained in the past. What does your training, your training personally look like, and what does your coaching look like, having all these different experiences? How do you take what you know as a coach and a trainee and apply it to you know a gym as a coach or as, as a trainee now? Do you like to blend CrossFit, strongman, bodybuilding? Like, what's your take on things? Um, I I do zero CrossFit now. Okay. I probably haven't done CrossFit in four years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I blend probably strongman, a little bodybuilding, hypertrophy type stuff. Um, I broke my foot earlier this year, and that 
kind of forced me to just do arm curls and chest day like a whole bunch. Uh, so I, I learned. You and me both, brother. Yeah, yeah. So I, I learned how to do hypertrophy stuff because up until then, it always been like I'm gonna go do cleans, I'm gonna do pull-ups, I'm gonna hit some deadlifts. Um, but well, then, clearly, it's worked out for you. So it, it, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. it responded. So, so uh, I guess maybe backtracking to the internship uh, deal yeah. was that. Um, so you mentioned so that was uh, being a. Uh, strength and conditioning intern for a high school? Is that no, right? George Washington, George Washington or the, University. The, the University. University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. University. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, uh, what teams were you interacting with, and what, um, what? Because w- I've also heard that you know the collegiate strength and conditioning scene is its own animal, animal, and it's it's its own culture. I don't want to draw a parallel to like you know, Washington, D.C., but there's, it like, really a lot of misconceptions though. about yeah. what it is yeah. okay. in, in I reality. Think, I think it's really, there are a lot of parallels there. And the reason that I didn't pursue a college strength and conditioning job is because you're kind of tied to the head coach of whatever the biggest team is there. So if it, like, GW was the basketball coach, and say the basketball coach gets fired, has a really crappy season, gets fired, new one comes in, that guy's going to want to bring in all his staff. Yeah. And then you're out of a job, not for anything you did necessarily. Like maybe you did suck as a strength coach, but um, maybe, but probably the, the overall coach had a more negative impact than you did. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of politics involved. And I want, after having my entire career based on kind of who you know and all that stuff, I just wanted to be judged on my performance and the things that I bring to the table. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go private sector, try to work with athletes directly. Right, right. So that's <clears throat> that's kind of cruel irony is that you got out of politics and you found yourself in another form of politicking. Yeah, 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 yep, uh, absolutely. yeah. Collegiate strength and conditioning is lots of politics. In my very minimal exposure to collegiate strength and conditioning, the whole time I was like, man, this just feels like politics. Yeah. So I, I can, I can. We've talked about this, uh, like physical therapy. Strength. I think collegiate strength and conditioning is really respectable as a as a career and a profession. It is not for me. Yes, I, so, I agree. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I can respect those people that do it and do it well and love it. I think it's, in, I think it's insane. It's super intense. My experience was they're like, you get here before any athlete and you leave after the last athlete. Like, you don't have yes, a life out, you outside of here. And you're traveling. Yeah. And you're moving every three or four years with, you know, the head coach or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, that likes you. Um, so that, that wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. I wanted to plant roots and... Uh, develop something bigger than that. That's really, yeah, that's really fascinating because um, I have a, a, a girlfriend from graduate school who, in the same 10 year span since we graduated, she was a strength and conditioning coach at Temple for a couple years, then she was down at Tulane for a couple years, and then now she's been at Ohio State for probably about four or five years. Like, it's probably mm-hmm. been her longest stint, but she's married, she just had a second kid. And I just, I find it to be incredible, like, what it takes to, like, move oh, halfway yeah. across the country, bring yep. your family with you, all that. Yep. Um, and I think, luckily, she works with Olympic, like, they're Olympic athletes. Oh, nice. And so, I think her, I'm just speculating that her job stability is is up there. Because she's not working with football. Right. Or, or, you know, maybe baseball. Or, or, you know, some of the same sports where those coaches kind of turn and burn every few years or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know for sure. Um but, you know, I use that as an example when I talk to the, the college kids, when I do my, um, 
my guest lectures at MTSU. I'm like, I use her as an example. I'm like, I think, you know, collegiate strength and conditioning is phenomenal. I think it's fascinating. It's super fun, super intense. And just as an example, this is a friend of mine who's moved halfway across the country twice in the last 10 years. So she loves it and she thrives in it. But I mean, I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to like enjoy that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can see how they like it. Now that I'm here, I'm coaching a, bas- a boys basketball team, girls basketball team. I have a couple individual athletes. And so I've got like a 12 year old wrestler. I've trained him all summer and through the winter. And now he's in his wrestling season. And I went to one of his meets and I was like, I was fired up. I was into it. You know, I go to watch my, I'm going to watch the boys play tonight. They have their senior night. I'm going to be like, probably going to be tearing up. You know, like <laughs> I can, I can see how people get into it. But the internship was really helpful for me to open my eyes outside of the CrossFit world. Sure. Of just, okay, CrossFit is training to be good at weightlifting. These these athletes are training to be make their sport better, mm-hmm. be better at their sport, be more resilient, have less injury, um, more mobile, more explosive. And honestly, that's what adults need. Adults don't need to be expert weightlifters and uh, toes to bars. Um, <laughs> they need to be like they need to have better hip mobility. They need to understand like uh, how to move their hips instead of their lower back. They need to understand how to move their shoulder instead of their lower back. And um, that internship kind of helped break me out of the CrossFit mold. And I honestly haven't looked back since. I'm, I'm super grateful for that experience and everything that's happened since. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking this morning, the bar for what we should be providing to all of our clients is actually pretty low. Like as long as there's a baseline of cardiovascular capacity addressing the major mobility issues of the hips and the shoulders, we're doing some some basic weightlifting, you know, uh, everybody's got their own standards, but if we can all squat, deadlift, do a couple of decent push-ups off the ground, do a pull-up or two, these are the things that like, practically as a baseline is is really the 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 promise that we that we bring to our clients but what's what's tricky is what what I was kind of thinking about and meditating on is just that we live or at least I do in such a bubble of super duper uh, like high performing everyday athletes so to speak uh, most of which being like other trainers, other trainer friends. And so, uh, yeah, I was just kind of pontificating on how much um, just, you know, for lack of a better term, circle jerking we do as an industry trying to get the next slight edge on, on programming and, and things like this, when really, again, at the end of the day, the vast majority of the people who pay our bills, who sign our checks, need like this baseline and most people get too caught up in, or I don't want to say most, but it's easy for a lot of coaches and trainers to get caught up in this Mm -hmm. when we really just need to be sure that we're covering our bases. And I can imagine when you're, um, at least I assume because I've never like worked with a sports team or anything like that, but I can assume that the strength and conditioning, the, the reasonable strength and conditioning coach 
should really come in with the mentality of, can I cover everybody's baseline? Can mm. we just make sure that we're not doing A, anything stupid, yeah. nothing that's gonna get you hurt, and you know, leave, leave the wacky stuff to Instagram, what, what, Instagram <laughs> or whatever you need to do super duper sports specific on the field. Mm. I mean, you know, the irony of that actually is <clears throat> these are, so this has been my experience in saying, but to say on that this. the only, honestly, the only thing that I've seen out of a strength and conditioning, um, uh, gym from, I think the, uh, from some basketball team was some guy doing a wall sit with 18 45 pound plates yeah with that i don't so that you, was that was kind of a viral thing so that went around a couple years ago your tibia and fibia like, i was about to say like, like, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it does anything but like a couple okay. compound fractures yeah. great it looks yeah. good for the gram but yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't really yeah. follow sports yeah. but most of the time whenever i see something that comes out of a, a collegiate or, or even a professional team's gym it's usually something where i'm just like come on What's what's going on? Here? Well, the irony, at least at the collegiate level, is here's here's what happens. So, you know, uh, barring Instagram and social media and all that, with with collegiate athletes, they are high performing to begin with. So we just have to understand that these are athletes that can do stuff. Oh yeah. That said, the goal with them is not to just do as much stuff. It's really more like a minimal effective dose. A lot of them are in season or preseason, like. Again, they're they're highly capable. Mm-hmm. Just because they can do a lot doesn't mean that we're like re- like reaching. Like we're trying to get them prepared for sport and get them to a level where they can compete and play their sport, not be awesome at fitness. And that's I think that's yeah. the, that line you got to toe. It looks incredible, like when you're in those weight rooms, but it really is. What's the minimum amount of work we can do where they make improvements? But we leave some in the tank so that they can go to practice, yep. they can recover. Yeah, that's the dance with collegiate athletes. Mm-hmm. And high school athletes. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want my athletes falling in love with weightlifting. I want them getting better at their sport and falling more in love with their sport. Like, right. I, I, there's the stuff I do, like, I don't ever tell them or I'll, I'll give them suggestions of what to do on a bench press. But it's not like they're going in like, oh, we're going to max out every single time. Like, mm-hmm. I just want them to hit the solid five that they need to hit for that day. And maybe they didn't sleep well. Maybe they have a test. Maybe they have all these other factors in their life. You know, maybe their girlfriend broke up with them, whatever. And uh, that's going to negatively affect their performance in the gym, uh, like in the actual weight room. Um, and a lot of the other stuff I do are things that aren't measurable. Like, we'll go from a Bulgarian split squat into – uh, a depth drop vertical jump and like you can't really measure that every single time but it's still having a positive effect on that like on the tissue that we're trying to hit mm-hmm. well they probably love it and that's huge especially the high school level it's probably like another one of those things like like you said you want them to be good at their sport you want them you also want them to like like the training process like want to be in the gym and make improvements but it's, yeah. that's not really the end game but if you can like if they're enjoying it if they're seeing like gains in the gym or whatever then oh, yeah. you know it's it's even better for the camaraderie for you know that team sport thing i'm guessing they're all yeah. working out together yep. like you really sort of elevate you know something immeasurable which is you know, again, like I said, camaraderie and accountability and sort of this, you know, embracing the suck together as a team. And you can't measure that. No. But I think it's critically important, especially with the, the younger kids, like the high school kids. So these are, uh, these are homeschool kids that I'm coaching. Oh, you mean, they're yeah. not even They're not even like in a normal high school where they have like a gym class. 
Right. They, they have, a, like, a, like I've talked to a few kids, they have an online gym thing that they just have to hit some stretches and stuff. Like, Whoa. And then, and then other than that, they're going to Planet Fitness and doing lifting on their own. So I would much rather them not lift at all and just be hormone-driven, like, athletes out, you know, out playing basketball or whatever right. than going to Planet Fitness and trying to hit a back squat on a Smith machine. Right. Like, <laughs> it's just, right. do nothing, go play your sport, and you'll still, like, have some gains. Yeah. Don't do something stupid in the weight room yeah. where you're not supervised. Or come lift with me, you know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, two things. One is, I don't know if I mentioned this, you get a uh, Russell Stover Pecan Delight Ooh. if you if you need a uh, sugar boost okay. or if that's on your diet. Um, Nothing is off my diet. <laughs> Let's just put it Andy, you got yours? I got mine. I'm good. All right. So I got like all this candy for Are they Christmas. sponsors? Is this like the, the commercial break? Is this yeah. the first commercial break? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. A little, little, little chocolate break. Say. A little chocolate break. Um, but no, I got like... 18 pounds of candy for Christmas, so we're we're nice. slowly getting getting rid of all of it. <laughs> but uh, so the obvious, um, you know, big transition. We go from DC to the college weight room, college weight room to Nashville. Uh, nope. So no, I no. worked in uh, DC. So uh, while I was in my internship, I drove for Lyft. Like I rented a car from Lyft and hit like my hundred rides a week. That's how I paid my bills. Oh, wow. oh wow! Okay, yeah. and uh, that was uh, that was interesting. A lot, <laughs> a lot of fun stories, a lot of interesting things. Lifting uh, around DC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, L Y F T. That's what, my blog on my website is uplifting L Y F T because like everybody, people would get in my car and they'd be like, "Oh, what's the what's the craziest story?" And I'd always like switch it on and be like, "How about some positive stories?" Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like there was a guy who started a, a nonprofit called Cancer Can Rock, and it's for like people who have cancer that are terminal. They come in and make an album for their family, and like. Like do covers and original music. That's and all that. super cool. Isn't that freaking cool? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So like, I would rather spread those types of stories than be like, yeah, this like twenty-three-year-old I picked up on her birthday on St. Patty's Day. She like threw up out my window and passed out in my car, and like I had to wake her up whenever she got home. You know? oh, like, yeah. Like, who cares about that? I was about to say there's been a, there's been a thousand of those, but only one nonprofit. Yeah. Called Cancer Can Rock. Exactly. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but one of my rides was a lady from Ohio, a little Ohio connection there. Uh, her mom was in town for Mother's Day, and the mom was just amazed that she called somebody from the internet to come pick her up in the car. <laughs> <laughs> this, is it, this is in 2019. And uh, she, so she was asking me all these questions, and I was kind of telling her my story, and the gal was like, the gym that I work out at, they just opened a branch in DC. I think they're kind of looking for somebody. If you're interested, I can connect you. And that's literally how I found my gym job in DC. Like it wasn't like any sort of connection. I was doing like some BS personal training stuff like at a very seedy gym, like not a very good situation there. And then I started working for these folks and that just like, it was basically college strength and conditioning for adults. And nice. uh, it was, it was, um, it was really cool uh, work environment. Chris and Virginia Peterson, great people. Um, they like took me under their wing, even though I was just this you know, young, immature guy, still am, but um, they really taught me a lot about how to do personal training well, how to do class, like group classes well, how to structure 
um, group workouts and semi-private workouts to make them actually effective rather than just shoving people into a room, turning down the lights, putting on a strobe light, having people do cardio, then lifting some light weights to quote unquote feel a burn but not actually like do anything. They, they legit had um, like linear progression workouts. It was like, we're doing this block for six weeks. It's gonna be a, be a hypertrophy block. We're gonna put on a lot of muscle. Then the next one's gonna be uh, like a, you know, a strength block. And then we're gonna go for a one rep max block. And it's just like, that would be a summer's worth of lifting. For the like for the adults that were there, oh, I like that. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, are they, they uh, are they on Instagram? They are on Instagram. So, they'll we'll I'll, I'll we'll be sure to give them a tag, give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Body Mass Gym in DC. Body okay. Mass Gym. Okay. Yep. yep. Right on. Yep. Uh, so then I was working with them. Pandemic hit. Gym shut down. Uh, yeah, everything shut down basically in DC and. Come December, I, was just, I just had enough of sitting around and was trying to decide where to go. I was sick of being super far away from home, sick of kind of being in the big city. Wanted to get out a little bit, so I chose Nashville. I was looking at Boise, Idaho, Kansas City, like Fayetteville, Arkansas, like all these different places. And I was like, man, Nashville's the closest, biggest growth, a lot of opportunities, um, good, good scene. So that's, why I, that's how I ended up here. Next thing you know, you're on the A to Z podcast. Yes, and now I've peaked. I have, nothing, I have nothing else to do. I literally can just get out of here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where you go from here, yeah. uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's super cool. You have got a hustler's mentality that I really identify with and that I, I really appreciate. Because um, you're not, uh, I mean, just... Just by, I, there's a lot of uh, aspects of your story that I can very much relate to. The, I think, I guess the two big themes just being, um, A, not being too good for a certain job, but B. I was going to say Z. <laughs> or Z. <laughs> hey. There we go. There we go. And, and Keep it Z, on brand. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, not what, too good for a certain job. What was I going to say? Um, not being too good for a certain job, but also being, um, uh, what was I going to say? Taking what you do seriously. Oh, so like this, this, um, this hustler's mentality of making the most out of a situation, which is, it seems like that's, that's what you're doing and not, not being afraid to pick up your bag and make the next, the next big move. And staying uh, positive and optimistic along the way. Like, I've, uh, I would imagine that if I drove Lyft or Uber, I would very much have that same twist of a story where when somebody asked me the cliche question of like, what's the craziest thing that happened? I would have some sort of, I would probably, you know, this may be the difference between you and me, I would probably make up some heartwarming story of like, <laughs> oh, I drove, you know, I, you know, I would just, I yeah. would, I would uh, it maybe embellish a story that would uh, really warm somebody's heart. But really just making that, you know, going the extra distance to surprise people to warm their heart in a certain way. Mm. Um, I really, uh, I really like that. I really, uh, I really resonate with that. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm not hustling enough because I only, I, don't, I only have like a thousand Instagram followers. You have... 11,000. Well, well, you're doing you know. pretty good. I have 600-ish. So, you guys are doing great. 
you. <laughs> well, I mean, well, listen, you literally asked like five or six hours ago, or let's just say this morning, um, where are, uh, like, what are uh, respective promotional materials were for the show. And within like 20 minutes, you made a post about it. <laughs> right? Like most, like, I'm like, okay, that's like, again, like that's something that I would do. Yeah. Let's, let's screenshot some, some. I, that's exactly some, what I did. I screenshot, right. I cropped it down. Right. Yeah, let's yeah. screenshot some shots. Let's yeah. crop it up. Let's post it on the gram. And um, yeah, man, that's a, um, that's a mentality that, uh, that I love. And I mean, Harkening it back to the whole like Instagram, you know, thing or whatever. Like, I when when we were setting up here, we were kind of tongue in cheek, uh, joking about my followership and what I had to do to get that followership. How much should I have to pay? <laughs> right. Well, and I we couldn't put that on the microphone. That's why, that, that, that was why it was before it. this. We're yeah. doing it. Hey, we're doing it now. But I wasn't playing when I said like I paid for it with four or five years of my life because. Yeah. Um, I simply took uh, a blue collar mentality to Instagram. Yeah. From like 2016 to, I mean, practically like 2019. I haven't been nearly as consistent or serious about it in the past couple of years as I had been. But it was very much that same thing. It's just like, hey, every day we get up and we gotta put something on the internet machine, you know? And this whole. Um, you know, practice of um, getting good at something, fitness, coaching, content creation, the internet stuff, you have to take a blue collar mentality and get your ego out of the way a little bit and just submit to the process of speed. I think, I think that's the main thing. I think most people are too slow making decisions. Mm -hmm. it, whether those are small decisions, medium or, or large scale decisions. Most people pontificate too much. Most people overthink. And um, yeah, in my experience, like progress happens with speed and figuring it out on the way down, so I to think, speak. I think people are scared to make decisions because that forces them to have to act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like decision, like, is, like I think the root word of that is like to cut. So you're like cutting off other options. So you're going to have to decide, and this is the thing I'm going for. Then they have to actually do it. And so for like a long time in my life, I always wanted to have a gym. I wanted to do it. And like, and then, oh, this relationship came up or that job came up or whatever. And I finally decided, it was like, I'm not going to do that stupid stuff anymore. And every day I wake up and just think about how I've wanted this my entire life. And if I'm not willing to work for it, then I might as well just stop doing it and just go work a restaurant job. Right. Yeah. Mad respect, man. For yeah. real. No, no, I like, appreciate you. Well, you know, I don't tell my stories a little similar, but a little bit different. Like, I, I, maybe because I was too stubborn to quit, but I was like, I, you know, I studied fitness through college and graduate school. Like, I'm not going to give up on this fitness thing. But when I moved to Nashville, the first job I took after four months, like, fell apart. Like, fell through my hands, and I was just like, I was training, like, two clients out of the trunk of my car at the park. And I was like, trying to like get married, trying to like move on, like trying to grow up, I guess. And I was like, what the fuck? like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but like I gotta figure out how to make this work. And I, you know, so what I did is I had, I had my own tiny little business of a couple clients, and then I worked two other fitness jobs. I worked three jobs at one point to try mm -hmm. to make ends meet. And in between all those jobs, 
I was volunteering at a couple of local high schools because I was like, I'm tired of reading about, like in my dead time, yeah. I'm tired of reading about it. Yeah, I need to like see it. it and do it. And yeah. so I was volunteering, I think over the course of several years, it was like five or six different schools that I went and at least observed or actually like coached a bunch of those kids. And so I, I can appreciate, at least not on the social media side of things, but I can appreciate the fitness grind. Yeah. Of like, I need to, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be good at what I do. I want to build a reputation for being a great coach. And I can't do that if I don't coach. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, again, like I was barely making ends meet working three fitness jobs, but eventually things started to snowball. And now I own a fucking gym, so yeah, that's there's, awesome. So there's a thing. So I I'm, can't wait to get to your so point, you and know? and he's got his name on his t-shirt. Look at that, so, man! Yeah, I mean, I try to wow. appear a professional what at least outwardly. It's like a Star Wars meets Vanderbilt. I, I, it's like know, there's so much going on so there. Much I, love going it, on. You know? I love it. I love it. The next frontier. Building. You're a yeah. Commodore. I have it on the building. Yeah. I have it on the door. I have it on my shirts, man. It's just everywhere. You getting so. matching tats or what? Oh, probably one of these days, like right here and here. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Oh, dude, you could have a Andy band. The other way around. Maybe. But yeah. Andy yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 And then you could, like, put your arms together. Yeah. And, like, there you oh, go. There we go. We figured it out. Okay. All right. So we got the tattoos figured out. Yeah. But no, I really do appreciate that sort of, again, like, for me, it's not the social media side of things, but, like, the nuts and bolts of coaching, training, like, being in the trenches, doing the thing. Very much appreciate, like, because it's, I'm not going to. Why it sucks. Like it's hard. It's hard, and it's long hours, and, and you have to figure out what works. Yeah. Like, and you have to ask people to make a big commitment to trust you. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, spend a thousand dollars and get like twelve sessions with me, and I'm not. Maybe I'll injure you. You know, like <laughs> you don't. Know, I'll try not you know? to, but I, you know, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to, but you know, maybe I will, and or maybe I won't find what's ailing you. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's it's a lot of trust, like both ways. Yeah, it's, right. it's a big responsibility. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, certainly, you know, coaching and training is the only real job I've ever had. But I'm like, gonna, I, I'm gonna take another round. You want another round? You want another round? Sure. I'm gonna do the regular oatmeal stuff. Actually, no, I'm gonna go pecan porter. I'll do the pecan porter too. Yeah. I'll have another. Uh, what was this one? Oatmeal stuff. Oatmeal stuff. Thank you, Ken. Ah, thank you. I don't even know what I'm drinking. Um, yeah, so I, I think, Andy, we've spoken about this in certain terms over, you know, the past year, but coaching as a profession is a very potent, um, kind of a, for lack of a better term, like a form of self-development and like just, yeah. just extreme, you know, uh, it's, it's like boot camp for social acuity for uh emotional intelligence for psychology for human behavior for uh just understanding how different people work and how you need to work with them which ideally is maybe how washington dc should work <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, maybe, that, maybe, no, I, I got a lot of good training in DC for this job. For right, sure. right. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe to draw that parallel. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So it's uh, even so outside good. of the whole. Thank you, Ken. Sure. Um, outside of the whole getting fit side of the fitness industry. I was, I was sitting over there. Um, one of the one of the greatest, I think, benefits of. Uh, of yeah of being in this business is what you learn about yourself 
through working with other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I haven't necessarily worked with a lot of uh, youth athletes, but I can imagine that's kind of fun and special in its own right. So when you made the decision to get to Nashville, what were your, what were your first moves? Uh, I initially rented a house <coughs> in Germantown that had a two-car garage uh, with like just some guys I met from the internet and um, um, but my over that so like that the idea was to just kind of like have a garage gym and do some personal training out of that and then eventually move it to you know try to just branch up from there uh, sure. but my my actual business idea coming here was to be like a in-person PE teacher for not PE teacher but like strength coach for um, homeschool kids. Like I, I kid you not, that was like one of the ideas. I feel like okay, it's the South. There's a lot of homeschool. Um, you know, there's more people moving towards homeschool because of the lockdowns and all this stuff. Sure, big time. Um, so I googled around homeschool things in Nashville, and there was a homeschool athletic association called the Tennessee Heat. So it's basically all the homeschool kids like come together to have a basketball team, football team, track, softball, volleyball, like all that, like all the normal stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. So I like I emailed all of the teachers or all of the coaches, telling them who I was, what I was doing, and uh, the basketball coach was the only one that got back to me. I was like, yeah, I think that this would be really helpful. And then from there, it's kind of it's grown. It's had fits and starts and. Uh, some coaches are interested, some aren't. I mean, it, it's still, like, it's expensive to have kids, you know? Like, like they're paying a lot of money to be a part of the association, to, you know, just be, just in, in general and in life. And so me coming in and asking for more money, like, I have to really show a value proposition and, uh, like, sell myself and sell my services on it. Um, it's, been a, it's been a little bit of a drag trying to figure out what, what works and what hasn't. We started out coaching, um, I started out coaching them at uh, First Baptist Church in Lebanon. And it was a community center of sorts. There's a basketball court with basically enough space for a small set of like three tiered bleachers and chairs on one side. And there's a tiny little weight room off to the side. Like it's probably no bigger than like this part of the room right here. Um, and it had equipment from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, you know, like old benches, old dumbbells, all this stuff. And so we, and like, there was one person who worked out there, like who actually used it, and he wanted everything exactly where it was. So we, would, I would come in, I, I taped out like in this bright green tape everything where it was supposed to be, and then I move before every session, move everything off the floor, and then like get it set up, and like okay, today's gonna be like. Then I have to plan because I have, you know, sometimes I would have like twenty kids. So it's oh, like, oh nice, that's great. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it would be like. 13-year-olds up to 18-year-olds. So, like, kids who shouldn't be Bulgarian split squatting and kids who definitely should be. <laughs> and uh, it was, like, trying to figure out how to make it all work. It was definitely, like, a big learning curve. It was pretty pretty awesome. Um, but basically, it's like, all right, I'm going to have this set of kids doing something, doing a superset. Then I'm going to have this set of kids doing a superset. And I'm going to switch. That's for the high school kids. That was in that space. And then... I'm going to have the younger kids just doing body weight stuff out on the gym floor. Like, hey, you're going to do lunges, then you're going to do ring rows. Like, I have my own rings. You're going to do ring rows, then you're going to do, like, this core thing. And I'm going to hop out and check on you, like, every, like, two or three minutes. And then come back in, like, check on the kids. Like, make sure they're, like, hey, get your chest up on that Bulgarian Swiss squat. Hey, get that foot a little bit more forward. Like, hey, like, really get into it on that jump. Like, these aren't just for fun. Like, you have to really jump hard. So uh, it was 
I don't know if that answered your question, but I just kind of like got into it. Mm -hmm. um, so now the evolution of it, I guess, is what, what we're saying. Uh, we are uh, training together at a three-star CrossFit, or a three-star CrossFit in Mount Juliet. So they have classes in the morning from like five in the morning till ten, but they don't have anything from eleven to three or till four in the afternoon. These homeschool kids, their schedules are a little more flexible. So it's okay, like let's get there. Like the girls basketball comes practice or lifts at one boys come and lift at two so it's pretty cool we rent space from them and the kids pay me like below market rate because the the team is helping cover the facility costs well that's amazing yeah it's, it's cool. worked out so you're so you've from from what i gather from from the story you kind of just made all that happen like you <laughs> like like you didn't you didn't take over the former strength coach's position of the homeschool kids. You, it didn't exist. I mean, it didn't no. exist. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Uh -huh. You just made it happen. You filled the void. You yeah. filled the void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I met filled, a need. Yeah, you filled an yeah. obvious market need. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. That's stellar, yep. man. Yep. So that, that's one part of it. And then the other part of my business is like adult personal training. So I'm doing, I have a few personal training clients, but I'm getting more into semi-private training where it's four people at a time they pay less per hour because it's not one-on-one -on -one attention, but they still get their own individualized program and walk through everything. And that, that really is like the best way to go to get your best bang for your buck because it's not like a big group class where you kind of could get lost as the one of 15 or the one of 20 there. You're one of four. I know what your program is because I just, I wrote it and I gave it to you and I can like walk you through whatever questions you have. Um, or like spot you or whatever. Um, and, and I can work with them on an individual basis. I have a, a habit tracker that I created. So it's like an Excel doc, it's a you know, day by day, uh, it's sleep, nutrition, water, stress, like all those things, people just like track it throughout the day, whatever they input. And then after 10 days, we just sit down like, hey, I, this is where I think you can make some changes. I have one client who would eat like he would just eat sweet stuff for breakfast. Like mm. not necessarily like super bad. It was like yogurt with some sort of like canned fruit or something mm. like that. And I was like, hey, that's just not setting you up for success through the day. Let's just change like this to an afternoon snack and then put like some eggs and bacon in there to start and, and like some, some pieces of toast because that's what his wife ate. And uh, he, he's lost like, we started working in November. So over the holidays, they got COVID at the end of December, into January, and we just took another body scan, and they, he's lost like four pounds, and put on a couple pounds of muscle too. So. Nice, that's great. Yeah, 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 that's excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, that's I, a ramble. Well, uh, well, I was, what I was going to say was, I, I'm actually I'm curious a couple things, but uh, was, my current business, my gym, is similar in that, like at most, I see four people at a time or fewer, two to four people at a time, and each person has an individual program. And so it's, it's sort of, you know, the group, for lack of a better word, group fitness and that we're all hanging out together, but everybody's kind of working on their own thing. So we have a lot of similarities in that regard. Um, and, and, then, and then for me as a coach, I'm facilitating, you know, I wrote their program, so the programs are set. I'm also facilitating how the room moves, who needs what equipment when. So that, yeah. and, and I do a lot of heavy lifting. I don't know about you guys, but I do a lot of heavy lifting with my clients. Like if so-and-so needs a pair of 60s, 
and everybody's working, I'm grabbing right. them, yeah. slinging them, and yeah. like grabbing yeah. whatever and bringing it back. So like I really I coach, I facilitate, yeah. I spot or whatever, yeah. but everyone's sort of working on individual programs. I do try to blend a couple. I, I'm still trying to figure this out. We might talk off air about this a little bit. I'm still trying to figure out a couple things to try to to do a little bit of like again for lack of a better word like group fitness like marry the warm-ups and maybe a finisher as like a group mm-hmm. but every oh the, the meat and potatoes in the middle is yeah. individualized yeah i'm still working on those details it's a yeah. work in progress but all that said i like this sort of um for lack of a better word because it's not this way but like this dichotomy between working with high school students who just want to excel at their sport and then also kind of like the way you said is sort of adult pe i guess for you know or whatever for these guys but I, I, I'm kind of like you. I like individualized programming for my adults. I want to be kind of more than just the personal trainer, sort of the strength and conditioning coach for adults. That's what so, you are. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's what I believe in. That's my, my philosophy is sort of tied in with all of this stuff. I still – I don't think I'd be a good coach if I didn't question my own approach on occasion. I'd be like, okay, well, what can I do better or whatever. Again, we might talk off air a little bit about this, but so when you say you're lifting heavy, like what is what does that look like? Depending on the client, he, like heavy could be like eight, but we'll we'll get down into the fives ish. You're talking about like RPE? No, I'm talking about like reps. Ma- rip max. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Oh, okay. The, the most I let a couple weeks ago, I let a couple of my dudes. I wanted to look at a three rep max, and they were genuinely interested in it. So I was like, I'll go with, I'll go there with you. We ended up getting like doubles. Or singles, because yeah. they, they, we overshot oh, a little shot. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, they felt good about it. They enjoyed it. They loved yeah. it. And yeah. that, and then, so we, we, we went there. Now we're going to back. I used that those parameters for Absolutely. their, their yeah. periodization or whatever. So we're going to back off and do some different stuff from there. But they really enjoyed kind of overreaching, kind of see what they got, yeah. like truly. And it was fun for me as a coach to, like, we've been doing this for months and months and months, to, like, finally, like, get to a point where we were, like, you know what? Let's see what you got. Um, it was fun. Like I was jazzed to like be in there working with them. So yeah. um, it seems like we have a lot of, like of, of overlap in terms of our coaching approach and philosophy and so on and so forth. Um, but one thing I did I wanted to ask you about. You know, you work with those high school athletes, thirteen to eighteen years old. You've already mentioned that you you want them to excel at their sport, but not necessarily get too bogged down with the training part. Mm-hmm. So. As a coach, as a mentor, as someone that your athletes look up to, um, what is sort of the overall message or philosophy that you want your, at the end of the day, when your students leave, either that session or like go on to college, what is it that you hope that you've instilled in those, those athletes, the high school ones? Um, I'm getting a little heavy there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I... I don't deal well with pressure and like trying to like leave a message and all this kind of stuff. Sure. So I, I don't feel like I have a, an individual thing, but the, the tagline for my company is lift heavy, be light. So I just want whatever you do in the gym is going to be heavy work. Like whether that's actually picking up a barbell or just defeating inner demons, like work on that in the gym and then go out in the world and be light. Like help others with the strength that you've developed in the gym. Like, 
help somebody move a couch, like shovel a driveway for. Bruh. 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 I, I have to cheers this. This is cheers. good stuff. Yeah. 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 It's as good a thing as any. Amen. To cheers. Amen. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's my overall philosophy. That's why I want people to come in, do the hard work, lift heavy, go out in the world, be light, and help others. That's incredible. I love that. I like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, I'm, curious, I'm genuinely curious because I think it's a great question, but I think about this all the time. I'm like, if I only have my people for a, a period of whatever that time frame, like, time frame looks like, what do I want to give them as a coach so that when they leave and they go to the next coach or, you know, try a different gym or whatever, or go, you know, take it on their own, what do I want to have instilled in them or, or what can I give them to try to tee them up for success when they leave? Because they all, oh, they all do eventually. At the end of the day, can I give them the tools to be successful without me? I'd like to be able yeah, to give them yeah, the tools absolutely. to be successful yeah. without can me. Can you make sure they're subscribed to the podcast? So they can go back I mean, and listen to all the episodes. You know, that's yeah, really your right. legacy. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The yeah. irony of all that is, oh, for all the emails I sent out to all my clients, I never drip my podcast, not once. I mean, I, I post about it on, on Instagram, but they don't all follow me. I've never once sent my podcast to my clients. Not for any reason. There's no real reason behind that. I just don't drip my email or the podcast in my email. Well. I, I, instead, it would depend. Unless you're embarrassed by your performance. Uh, I guess, maybe you not, should. I, not at all embarrassed. Great host just, so far. Not at all embarrassed. I, I just, like today I sent an email. I was trying to, I, I think I'm going to work on this series of like peeling back the curtain. I, I believe in full transparency. In, in terms of my philosophy as a coach, I believe in full transparency. So I want my clients to get a great training experience. But if we're doing something and they're like, why mm. or how or what I want them to ask me I want them to challenge me as a coach and if I can't give them a solid answer as to what what we're doing why we're doing it how it's relevant to their lifestyle or their goals then for me as a coach I need to go back to the drawing board and be like okay maybe this wasn't a good exercise selection or dose or whatever so I try to be an open book and in an effort to do that I sent out an email today just talking about the mechanisms for of muscle growth, which is a nerdy thing that nice. I like. Yeah. I like to nerd Absolutely. out about it. Yeah. But I, you know, the idea being, I give them some autonomy and some agency, and, and the more knowledge they have, the better equipped they're going to be to be successful in the yeah. gym, whether that's with me or somebody else. And so, I'm constantly looking for ways to challenge my own belief system, to challenge, you know. Uh, my secrets or I don't yeah, your secret knowledge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and bestow that on my on my clients and so that was part of the reason I asked that question is I had a mentor at the high school level and he had like a 10 things rule he's like I want them to be great at these 10 things and he's like your 10 things might be different than mine but at the end of four years I want all of my athletes to be great at these 10 things and I think that if I if they're good at it then I'm teeing them up for the next level, for the mm -hmm. collegiate level. Do you remember what some of those things were? His were, I think it was, I think he said squat, probably deadlift or hip hinge, cleans. It's been a few years, but it's like, it was a lot of basic stuff. Yeah. Like push-ups, inverted rows, nothing crazy. Yeah, sure. But he was like, if I, I know that these 10 things check a lot of boxes. Yeah. And so when I graduate them from, or like go to the collegiate level, I know that they're going to be pretty well off starting out 
when they get to the collegiate level. That, that, I think that sparks a fun idea that I think I might co-opt like for my clients. Like what are the top, let's say like five to 10, maybe gym slash nutrition slash lifestyle skills that I want you to be good at. I think that's a good uh, mm. mental exercise that I'm gonna meditate on a little bit. Well, and you and I talked about this on Saturday a little bit about my frustration with certain coaches in the industry and whether you should train them or, or what, it, it, we could talk off air, but, but it, it goes back to, if anything, it emboldened my strategy, which is, it is a little bit boring, I think, sometimes to, to, re, to work on deads again, right. to work on squats again, to work yeah. on bench again. I get it, like, it's a process. That said, I am a firm believer in this sort of 10 things rule where I'm, it doesn't have to be bench, it doesn't have to be a barbell deadlift, but a good hip hinge, a good squat, a looking squat, whether that's a goblet squat, safety bar, barbell. My 10 things, I, I still sort of vaguely hold to that because I want my clients, when they leave me, wherever they go next, they're gonna be pretty good at some basic skills. Mm -hmm. they, they'll be able to pick up a bar in a gym at the Y yeah. or at the next gym or whatever yeah. and, and feel confident and comfortable with it and yeah. not be like, oh, well, you know, we only touched this thing a few times. I never really got a lot of skills with it. I don't, you know, I'm not that comfortable. No, yeah. I don't want that. I want them to be as confident grabbing a barbell in a random gym as I am. Yeah. So that's one of my, so again, question. So going back to those kids or even your adults, we only have a certain amount of time with them. You know, I'll ask both of y'all, like, what do you, at the end of the day, obviously we want to work on fitness, get stronger, burn some calories, whatever. At the end of a session, end of a week, what do you want your clients to take away from their experience? Oh, that's a good one, because I got to think about it. So I'm going to put it on you guys. At the, okay, what to take away from? At the end of a, a good training week. Yeah, yeah. What do you hope that they're walking away from their last session of the week? If, you, if they have to walk away with anything, what do you hope that, like let's say it's their last one with mm -hmm. you. Yeah. What do you hope that they walk away with? I gotta think about this. I can go. Uh, I want them to walk away with uh, a belief in themselves. Another come one. on now, Another come one. on now, <laughs> Another one, man. Like, that's why I think linear progression is so awesome for strength training. Like going in and doing a random thing every time you go to whatever group class, but coming in and hitting the same thing, like whether, like, especially stuff that is out of the ordinary, whether it's like a single leg, like hip hinge, um, a lateral squat, something that really challenges the body in mobility and stability. Like, hey, whenever you first got here, like you had no idea how to move your spine. Like I, I told you to do a cat cow, I showed you, you had no idea what that was. And, and like now you're, you're nailing those no problem. You're hit, hitting like single leg deadlifts no problem. You like could barely do it body weight. And now you're doing it with a 50 pound dumbbell. Like look at that like work and uh, the progress you've made over just a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Like how can that apply to the rest of your life? Like what, what, are, what other reps can you be doing the rest of your life? Okay, I like that. Zach? Not blowing smoke, that was exactly my answer. We have and ESPN, we have ESPN. I, I mean, <laughs> you, 
You might be the new co-host of this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that really is the magic of training, is setting up the environment for people to for people to challenge themselves in an appropriate way and to find these new skills and these new, these new strengths and to understand that it's not, I mean, in a weird kind of way, it is kind of mother nature's magic that you can subject yourself to a certain amount of stress and you become better, you know, in, in whatever way. So uh, I kind of view coaching almost is like we're like the professor x for any given person and we're here to through through smart and sustainable training we're here to help each individual person find and express their quote unquote mutant capabilities you know to follow the x-man parallel because really it's in for everybody Use it for good. Only for good. Only for good. Never for evil. Yes. But everybody has this latent superpower, so to speak, within them. And that's, it's baked into our central nervous system. Um, so whether that means getting stronger or, you know, more mobile, I think those are kind of like the two, like, big ones, you know? Um, and, and then obviously better conditioned. Um, cardiovascularly um, from a work capacity standpoint but yeah helping people to um, really ingrain that they are capable of more not from having read platitudes on Instagram but from having concrete evidence of their progress mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to figure out another way to convey that in a different way than than how you put it with the whole self-belief thing but it's um it's it's a combination of maybe self-belief but then also maybe being um, excited and bought into the process of maybe on the one hand continuing to see how far they can develop themselves in the gym but also you know i forget what uh what old school i think weightlifter uh guy said um hard decisions makes an easy life mm. easy decisions make a hard life yeah. mm. and so so getting people to kind of marinate and meditate on that and see how they can take the lessons, the hard lessons of the gym and of the iron and apply that to the rest of their life. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah that's I, good. I was going to say, I don't have any, a lot to compound on that. I'm the same way. The best part of my day is when a client comes in after a weekend and they're like, you know what? I did this chore or this task and I didn't think that I could do it. I didn't know if I had the strength to do it and I did it by myself. I was physically capable of doing something I was not sure I could do. Love it. If anything at the end of the day, after all the deadlifts and presses and push-ups and rows and carries and whatever, if at the end of the day you go home and you can express your fitness in a practical way that's meaningful to you, mm -hmm. fucking awesome, man. Yeah. High fives yeah. all around for that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and then the only other thing, and, and, and maybe because it's fresh on my mind, and you and I talked about this on Saturday, is knowing, knowing, not just kind of willy-nilly engaging in, knowing the difference between exercise, which I characterize as like a circle. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a math brain kind of person. Exercise is this like sphere that's all-encompassing of a lot of stuff. The difference between exercise and training and training to me is a vector. It's a starting point with magnitude and direction. Mm. Now we don't always have to be training, we don't always have to be exercising, but the wisdom to know the difference is important <laughs> to me in my, it is, in, in yeah, my gym. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, and I still struggle as a coach to apply that in a practical way in terms of like exercise selection, sets, reps, load, all that. But I want my people to know the, what it feels like to actually train so that they know if they want to live that lifestyle of pushing big numbers yeah. or if they just enjoy fitness for the sake of fitness. I don't think there's a right answer. There's not a right answer there. But I want them to know the difference and I want them to get quality training so that they can explore new realms of fitness and strength that they never knew they had or were even capable of and then see how that pays off in their lifestyle, hanging out with their family, running around with grandkids or yeah, whatever. that's a big thing for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at, at my age now, it's really easy to get caught up in the pushing big squat numbers, deadlift numbers or whatever. 20 years from now, I think my goals are going to change. And so mm-hmm. I, try to, I try to reframe that sort of lens as a coach with those clients of mine that are a little bit older. Like, what's important to them? Like, a big squat? Probably not. Yeah. Keeping up with their grandkids? Yeah. Probably. Being able to pick up a laundry basket? Right. Like, and, that, and that's a big deal. Confident, <laughs> confident, capable, all those things. Not falling and breaking a hip? Yeah. Oh, God. It's incredible. I use the Dan John get up and get down with my older ladies I work with. We literally get on the ground and get back up again. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, geez. I scheduled that for, like, a, like, even before I knew any of this stuff, like, one of, like, it was a, it was a small group leader, was like, older guy. He was like, hey, can you write me some workouts? And, like, one of the things was like, yeah, I want you to just lay face down on the ground and then get up. Right. Like, that is challenging. It is. I think America would be so much healthier if we didn't have, like, normal-sized chairs. Like, if we had, like, tiny chairs. <laughs> or if we ate on the floor. Like, if we ate on the floor, like, like, ja- like Japan, yeah. like, Korea, Indian style, yeah. like... Oh, that'd be oh, awesome. Dude, it'd be doing wonders for hip mobility. Oh, hip mobility, <laughs> like lower back, lower back, but then like thoracic spine. Like oh, there's man. so much. Like lower our beds. Like why do our beds need to be vaulted up? Like we're we're getting up in the day. Or like we're jumping not, we're, up into the not, bed. Yeah. Well, no, but we're getting out of bed. It's just a roll out of bed. Oh, yeah. like, like we're not even like having to struggle. Yeah. To start our day, we don't even have to struggle. It sucks. Yeah. Like uh, Americans don't sit anymore. Mm. They, they just they just do the pop. They just hover. They just hover. And then they have this bit of muscle use. Yep, and then they... And then zero use of muscle yeah. use all the way down. And then they get up. They do the exact same thing. <laughs> they skip all that part. If the chair is even that high. Like, my grandpa had cushions up to here. It was ridiculous. And then he would, like, be here. And then eventually his muscles got so weak, he had to get, like, one of those electric chairs that, like, just... Stood him up for him. Like he, wow. had, he had arthritis and all that stuff, but still, like your arthritis probably wouldn't have been that bad if you had done a split squat every once in a while. Oh man, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I foresee a challenge. Oh. Maybe, maybe a weekend challenge. Maybe a two or three day. 
No chair, no couch, no bed. Challenge. I have a book for you, by the way. Or both of you. Katie Bowman, Move Your DNA. She doesn't sleep in a bed. Like, She's also a great author. But the sleeping in the bed thing, I was like, I don't know if I can go that far. But anyway, we can talk off in, air in about it. In points of extreme anxiety for me, I've got out of the bed for some reason and just slept on the floor. Oh. I don't know why. Interesting. Like, I, I distinctly remember like certain points in my life just being like, I feel like I need to sleep on the floor tonight. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. So when you say no bed, you mean like no mattress or nothing? Or... Yeah. Oh, the couch. Can I go to the couch? No, no, no. I think this could be a, a fun, interesting challenge. Let's say a day or a weekend, maybe a whole week. No chairs, no couch, no bed. You know, the only tricky thing about that is, to his point, you can't get anywhere in this town without a car or a bike. Sure. So we'll, you're not we'll going maybe anywhere. Say, we'll maybe say in your home. In your home. Okay. At a gym too, like. Well. Oh, well. Well, we, we might have to. All right, we'll work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think we should like. Yeah. Putting on the blue collar hat, we should make a lot of content out of this, and like you know, day by day, yeah. like the things that have changed, and like, in, in, like improvements we've seen in our mobility just by like not sitting in chairs. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, a very good friend of mine, many years ago, uh, this gal, she was like, you know what? Uh, a, a trainer friend of mine, she, one weekend, she was just like, she turned her couch over. She's like, I spend too much time on the couch. Yeah. I'm just going to sit on the floor. I'm going to lie on the floor. I'm going to read on the floor. I'm going to watch TV on the floor. And then uh, a, a guy who I follow, I think, probably under the uh, influences of Katie Bowman. Bowman. Bow Bowman, Bowman. Bowman. He has not, supposedly, has not slept in a bed in over two years. So I think this would be good for me. I'm a stomach sleeper. And like, I don't know what it is, like the top, like right where my lumbar and thoracic come together. Like it's like, if I overextend too much, I, I right now I feel a little like sharp pain, like right there. Okay. And so, and because whenever I sleep face down, my head is on a pillow. My body is basically like in a U all yeah. night long. That can't be good. Like, it's, I know it's not good. Like, I do a lot of extra core work, a lot of extra back work to make sure my back is not screwed up. I sleep, I, you I know mean, what I mean? Like, yeah. so maybe this no bed thing would actually work maybe. well. Yeah. I'll have to read the book. It's been a few years. She's a great author. And, and, and she was also, she did other weird stuff. Like, she had a standing desk. That wasn't the weird part. She had a standing desk. And it what sounded like, like, a, like a sandbox with like random hard objects that she would just literally step on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yo, so when I worked on Capitol Hill, I got into like Vibram, like okay. Vibram five finger shoes. Yeah. And uh, my boss was the, he, he was very interesting. He was like one of the like most eclectic members of Congress. He, uh, he walked constantly, ate five meals a week and called all his constituents. Like, I kid you not, like he, like we had like a walking contest from the American Diabetic Association, just like to raise awareness or whatever. And we just blew everybody out of the water. Like we wore pedometers. Like one day, I think I walked like 25 miles with this guy. Holy like, shit. Like just not, not even <laughs> kidding you. And this is like July in, oh, in DC, man. like sweating my face off. Like one time we were walking and I was carrying all the information I needed to carry. And I was looking down, like reading it to him. And he's in gym shorts, I'm in a suit and we're outside. I had sweat drip onto my glasses, and he's like, do you think it's too hot out here? And I looked at him, and it, like, dripped down my glasses. I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, we're good. 
But I was wearing Vibrant Five Fingers one time, and he was like, don't wear those ever again. <laughs> he told me. He told me. Like, so I want to ask you guys, what do you think is the current strangest thing you do like outside of the like, like basic American normal life? A few, well, a few things that I want to outside the besides basic kettlebell work. American, yeah. outside the basic American normal life. Yeah, like something that like if you took this to a small town in West Virginia, California, like pick pick your coast, whatever. Like, what would they be like? Okay, that's really weird. I don't really ever eat fast food, like ever. Mm. Only when I like have to, like traveling, like driving. I don't eat fast. I don't ever. Uh, let me back up. I like Chipotle. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. <laughs> if I had a big, yeah, Chipotle. But I don't eat yeah. fast food. Yeah. I do like to walk, which in yeah. small towns, people are weird about that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You're going for a what? You're like, I'm just going to go walk <laughs> around. Uh, I'm going to yeah. go get some steps in. Yeah. And they find that to be fascinating. And you're like, okay. So there's that. Weird stuff. I think I'm a weird coach. There are things as a coach that I don't do. That a lot of people do, stretching, mobility work, some other stuff. But you, we don't. Have you to, do or don't do. Do you not do, do. You don't do. Don't stretch. Don't do mobility drills. Yeah, I I have found stretching to be less useful. If anything, it's just like a Pavlov dog thing. Like I get in, like, hey, we're hitting cat cows, we're doing sideline windmills, and we're doing Spider-Man stretch, and then we're like into. We're, it. we're like, doing the thing, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So as a coach, I think I'm weirder, but in, in the general population, and that's, that's a good question. I also, I don't associate a lot with like not fitness people. I mean, my job is clients and I go home and hang out with my wife, but that's a great question. I don't know. Because really I think like what we were talking about, like no chair, no bed would be like really weird. Oh, oh that, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. You know, that'd be wild. Oh yeah. People yeah. would freak yeah. out. Yeah. People would be yeah. like, what kind of? Well, a few things that I wanted to touch on. One is, it's funny you bring up View from Five Fingers because we've actually talked about this on an episode yeah. of my five finger phase of my, my training <laughs> we all have that phase because <laughs> I when I first started at uh, Lifetime Fitness that was my first big uh, mm. training gig yeah I wore five fingers every day to the gym nice yeah and I went out in public at least a handful of times yeah in them not that many times. Um, We're glad that he grew out of that phase. Was it a handful or now a that, footful of times? Hey. <laughs> now that he's in the dating scene, if he was like, I was thinking about wearing my vibrams, I'd be like, bro, we need to talk. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Um, now you're just a toe sock guy. I, I do. I, I tell you, I did wear toe socks with the vibrams, and that was actually pretty comfy. But uh, I ran a couple Spartan races in, yeah. in my vibrams, and... Um, they just got tore to hell, so yeah. I eventually just threw my last pair away. I just never, never bought it anymore. Um, and what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, yeah. Tell me the politicians who are eating five meals a week. Yeah, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. And are calling other constituents. All right. So first of all, they've got my vote. A calling anybody, and B five meals a week. And so C, are we insinuating? Yeah. Like are going we saying like one meal a day for five days a week and then two days of fasting? Yeah, so he would... That's amazing. He would eat on a Saturday and then I don't think he would eat again until like Tuesday. Holy shit. Yeah, and then he was like kind of vegan-ish. He was, he was extremely, extremely skinny. Like okay, he like, well, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, but he would he would like press his own juices, like, like all this like very interesting so stuff. So is that where that question came from? Like where would... Uh, like what we would consider odd? 
like to the average American. No, I don't know where that came from. Well, even still, that, that's even wild for like a fitness person. Oh like, yeah, that, oh, that's sure, pretty sure. wild. Yeah, and but he wasn't fucking yoked. But he was. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was like a really good guy. Like he literally, we would we would drop off call sheets, and he he called all of his constituents. That's I do. Like, like he would that, walk yeah. around, and he didn't have a smartphone. He had like a flip phone, so every single one he dialed. Oh, wow. And then, like, kind of, like, extreme shoulder shrug. Like, one shoulder was definitely higher than the other. Mm-hmm. And he, like, walked around like this. And, like, he would write notes on the call sheet we gave him. Like, hey, Sam, this person called about environmental issues. Give him a call. Let him know what I've done. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, literally, he called all of his constituents. 750,000 people. Oh, my God. He was a good dude. He was a good dude. That sounds cool. I like Very that. odd, but very good dude. Yeah. Are, are you legally allowed to give him a shout-out? I mean, maybe not. My, my LinkedIn profile, like, you know, you can, okay, go, you can sure, go look sure. it up, you know, like, yeah. whatever, um, whatever. I, I almost like that as a television show, maybe of like a guy who runs for president, who's like, who maybe leads a lifestyle of like Abraham Lincoln. I was just thinking Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. some guy who like makes all of his own furniture. Yeah. And, and doesn't have a smartphone. I like that as a, as a fun story. <laughs> yeah, if there's, yeah. There, well, there were members who were like, hey, I want to try it. And like, he would like kind of tell them how to do it. And they would do it for, it was just like a fitness regime. You know, like, I, I really want to get in shape. I really want to do that thing. They would do it for a day and a half and be like, it's too hard. Yeah. I'm, do- I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. 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 Some guy who walks at least 15 miles a day. Yeah. And writes everything by hands. He does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I that's saw some cool. of his old notes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. All right, we're, we're running a little long. So in the last couple of minutes before you do a little closeout thing. Um, so, Sam, you're coaching. Where can people find you? Strengthcoachsam.com. Okay. Instagram is samuelfister.com. So S-A-M-U-E-L, fister.com. Or not .com, just samuelfister on Instagram. And then fister is spelled P as in Paul, F as in Frank, I-S-T-E-R. Um, Strength Coach Sam is probably the best like email, and then you can email me strengthcoachsam at gmail.com. Um, I I do travel to people's houses to coach, not as much as I used to. Um, that is an option if you're interested. I do personal training, I do semi-private training, like I mentioned, um, and the, the private training and the uh, semi-private training is at Praxis Gym. Mm-hmm. In uh, like where we had the strongman, Germantown. In Ger- like yeah, like North Germantown, Germantown, North, North Nashville, Buena Vista. Practice. So it's called Praxis. It's P R A X I S, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. We didn't even really talk about strongman stuff, but I, I, I don't really do that much of strongman stuff. I think you guys assume I do, but when, like I just do a lot of dumb stuff with lifting, and then that just carried over well to strongman. You got silver. Yeah. Silver. Well, you know what's funny? In that strongman competition, you got silver. I'm, I could be wrong. I think the guy who got gold trains at gym five. Really? Yeah. Uh, you might have pointed him out in, at the time, but I don't remember what he looked the like. The dude who won gold in my weight class. Oh, weight class. Oh, my, I in know. my weight class was from, he was like a former army dude from South Carolina. Just good old boy. Just like, oh. yeah, I had no, no shot against that guy. <laughs> I, uh, I could be mistaken only because we left a little early and then I saw an Instagram post about it. But oh, the guy right, who's, right. he's always wearing uh, like pink knee sleeves. Oh, right. He has a lot of pink. 
Yeah, yeah. Pink is like his. And, his and pink the, and black is like his it's color. His brand. And I was yeah. just saying that was yeah. the thing about it because we saw him working out at the, on doing yard work that day, and he was wearing all this pink stuff. And I was like, man, this guy's flinging some fucking weight. Like <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He can wear pink. He yeah, can wear yeah. Bright green. I don't care. He is killing it out here. Yeah. So, um, well, very cool. All right. So, anything um, else? Yeah, like so the they're audience? like online, online programming. I do. I've got a few virtual clients. That's not a huge thing of mine because I just I love the in-person stuff so much. Um, so not huge on the like online. Um, uh, let's see here. What else you guys need to know? Uh, I love coaching athletes. So if any of your, I know you coach like some clients who are like well established in the area. If you or your clients have people that are interested in getting their son or daughter like prepared for sports i'd love to coach them as well not to like steal anything from you or anything like that but i'm just saying we'll, we'll talk about it because i actually have one client who has kids and she they train like way out in cool springs but they live in west national near me oh, nice. and the only reason that i'm not going to work with their kids is because my schedule is a conflict yeah. so we'll talk okay yeah. cool yeah. yeah um all right anything else you want the audience to know um that you guys are awesome i appreciate you uh, Dude, I had a blast. There's uh, part of me that's like, hey, can, can, I, we, can we do this again real this quick, year? Real quick. Can Revisit I ask, this year. Maybe. Can I ask how many other coaches in town reached out to you? Like you were the have, only one. Yeah. yeah, you were the only one. Because I, I just would like, like hashtag Nashville fit, whatever. And Zach reached out to me, like followed me. I followed back and just like shot some messages and some pictures and stuff and listen like, you know. people people like wonder like hey like what do you what do you need to do to like build a network and to like know people around town and all this stuff i'm just like listen if somebody is in the biz around town it's not that hard you just you scroll instagram every now and then and you're like hey who's this guy yeah and you literally ask him or her out for coffee yeah that's what Zach did, and it was great. We had a great conversation, got to know him and his story a little bit more. Um, but he it just kind of, it, it was very welcoming, because it can be very isolating as an entrepreneur and somebody who's like coming in trying to start a business, like, oh, I don't really know anybody. In DC, I had all these different circles, like it was my work circle, gym circle, church circle, friend circle, neighborhood circle, and now I'm just in one big silo of just mm -hmm. like, you know, this is my, like, I'm in gym, and that's about it. And so, like, branching out and, like, feeling welcome is huge. So, like, good on you, bro. I appreciate hey, you. He's really, he really good you. at it. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. well, listen, it's only because I'm, you know, is, he, look, let me drop the Gandhi quote here. I'm trying to be the change that I want to see. Oh, <laughs> right? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so, so listen, it's like when I moved to town, same kind of thing. It was like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling like, uh, I, I, what have I gotten myself into? Where am I? Who am I? What's going on? And, um, I have always wanted to, uh, make a place better than I found it, you know, so to speak. And I think like Nashville is such it's such a special town. It's such a cool market. It's such a interesting amalgamation of people, especially in the past couple of years with like so many people moving here. And fitness and wellness is one of these industries and markets. It's a huge industry just, in this town. It's just it's taken For off sure. like crazy. So I always just want to, you know, I, I just want to uh, foster the environment that I want to see in this town 
And a big part of that is maintaining a strong, healthy network of people who are in the industry, so to speak. So I always try to make it a point to, uh, to introduce myself and to make sure I know who the movers and shakers around town are. And that's, that's really all there is to it. And I mean, honestly, that's another big um, uh, inspiration point behind doing this podcast is, you know, Andy is a super established guy in the market. Myself, a little less so. I'm still a relative newbie, even though I've been here for like six years. Um, but I think, you know, together we, we very much try to foster that attitude of um, raising the tide that floats all the boats. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Amen. yeah, that's good. So I, yeah, I very much that, picked please. up on that when I, yeah. when, I, when I saw you and your content. So that's all we're, uh, that's all we're here to do. Amen. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you Likewise. so much. Yeah. Do the thing, brother. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for being our guest today. I kind of want to do it again, but we'll talk off it. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, sure. This is great. Yeah. Round two, sometime yeah. soon in yeah. 2022. A to Z, no BS. We will see you next time. Bye, guys.